Welcome to Live Happy Now. This is your host, Paula Phelps, thanking you for joining us today. This week, we have a really special episode. We're talking with Dawson Church, whose groundbreaking book, The Genie in Your Genes, explained the link between emotions and genetics. In his new book, Mind to Matter, Dawson looks at the science of achieving peak mental states and shows the scientific research behind how the energy around us shapes our physical health and what we can do to change our state for a happier and healthier life. Well, Dawson, thank you so much for joining us today on Live Happy Now. It's, uh, it's really an honor to have you on the show today. Thanks, Paula. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, this your book, Mind to Matter, is absolutely one of the most interesting books I have read all year. And there's there's so many different things that we could talk about with this. But I think one thing that's just so interesting is that you talk about how energy fields shape matter. And to start this conversation, I wondered if you could give us an example of what that means and how that works in our everyday lives. Energy fields are invisible. And so it's tempting as we go about our daily lives to discount them and not understand or appreciate the extent to which they're affecting us and affecting matter. But just the way a fish is in water and unaware of the water, and yet without the water, there's no fish, in the same way, energy fields permeate and influence every single part of our lives. And just for instance, one example from the end of my book, Mind to Matter, is the Earth's geomagnetic field. And so the Earth is a, is a huge magnet, has a north and south pole, which you measure, measure with a compass. And so this big giant magnet we live on has its own field around it, just the way a bar magnet you may have seen in school that organizes iron filings in a pattern routed. It's organizing environments all around, around it all the time. So one of the, the ways this has shown up in science recently, for example, is that now that we have Google Earth, and we can have these satellites and images from very high up in the sky and looking down on Earth. We Researchers have noticed that herds of cows tend to orient themselves with their heads toward magnetic north. We never even didn't know that 10 years ago. We now see that. We are now measuring how all kinds of creatures, from bumblebees to birds to dolphins, use electromagnetism, use these fields, use the Earth's fields, or the fields of the objects around them to navigate sometimes thousands of miles. And so these fields are all around us, shaping and affecting us every day. The, the biggest, strongest field of, of a human body is the heart's field. And it's so strong, it's literally organizing matter three yards or three meters away from your body. And so this book is all about starting to notice those fields, notice the way we shape those fields, and then using those fields consciously rather than accidentally for creation. And how do we use those? How do we even, one, become more aware of what that energy field is around us? Because it sounds so much like science fiction. I know it's science, but when you start talking about this to someone, it, it sounds like something we would see in a movie. How do we identify what our, that energy field is around us and begin to use that? One of the most dramatic examples for me is all the stories of healing in the book. And so the book is, of course, a science book, popular science book. It explains things very clearly to people and what the science is, but it's much more. It has around 100 stories of people who apply these principles in their lives. And I'll give you an example of somebody who changed their field. 
she's writing a book about this, and I actually wrote the foreword to her book, so I'm really acquainted with the, the details of her story. So last March, March of last year, she was diagnosed with metastasized breast cancer. She had a large lump in her right breast. Cancerous tissue was about five centimeters around, about two inches big, so it was a big mass in her right breast, showed up on a routine mammogram screening. And the cancer had metastasized to her lymph nodes under her right arm. And also thermography scans found other traces of cancer in her body. One scan found that there were three spots on her right lung as well. So it looked now as though the cancer had, had left the primary site, the primary tumor in her right breast had moved to the lymph nodes. And lymph nodes normally, lymph nodes carry lymphatic fluid, which is very clear. So on a scan, they should look like hollow little balls, balloons. And instead, hers were all filled up and swollen with increased blood supply. All of these are signs of cancer. And initially, she was panicked. She also went and got a gene test and emailed me and said, Dawson, I've had this gene test, and it's shown that I've eight defective genes, all of which predispose me to breast cancer. So now she has this belief that she also has this genetic predisposition to breast cancer. But she decided to not rush into conventional therapy. In fact, she didn't even get a biopsy. She declined the biopsy and monitored her progress only using scan, scanning technology, which is, which is quite uh, well-developed nowadays. She began to do everything she possibly could to affect her energy. She worked entirely on the level of energy. She, she did Qigong. She did Qigong intensive for two weeks. She had energy medicine treatments and she had acupressure treatments using EFT or tapping therapy. She did, did remote treatments with healers. She cleaned up her diet. She got rid of all the stress in her life. And by, now again, this is March, she got the diagnosis. By May, her lymph nodes were clear. By April, when they gave her another scan, that whole tumorous mass had shrunk to about from five centimeters to about 1.4 centimeters. It had shrunk by more than a half. And by June, all of her markers came back cancer-free. So she worked entirely at the energy level, and yet it had this profound effect on the matter of her body. So you can't see those fields. It was not like she was looking at something and watching it change. But nonetheless, even though these fields are invisible, they can have dramatic effects on our health and our well-being. And that's the results that you show in your book and the subjects that you talk about. I mean, it's things like AIDS, cancer, very serious conditions that, that are getting reversed and removed. And, you know, one thing we talk about so much at, at Live Happy is things like mindfulness and compassion and gratitude and how they can help you live a richer life and have better well-being. But you really dig into it and explain how our thoughts affect us physically. So how will practicing things like mindfulness or gratitude affect us in our physical space? It will affect us dramatically. And it shows up in terms of disease vitality and longevity. One study I quote in the book, for example, in Mind to Matter, I, in Mind to Matter, I cover about 400 studies, but I don't bombard you with dry science. These are really living examples of how we can shift all those, those things. But in one, just one of those studies, it showed that optimists live on average 
eight years longer than pessimists pull up. So think about that. Just a change of mindset, a change of attitude. Living with gratitude, living with optimism is making an enormous difference. That's eight years longer to do whatever your plans are for retirement, play with your grandchildren or go skiing or travel the world or volunteer for a charity, whatever it was you had in mind, suddenly you now have eight years more to do it, and those eight years tend to be much healthier than pessimists. So that's the dramatic example of how just a mindset, just an attitude change, is affecting our health and longevity. And again, there are many other examples in the book, but that's just one of those studies. And for people who are born optimists, that's great news. <laughs> you know, they're they're happy right now. But what about people who aren't naturally optimistic and people who have to kind of work at it every day? Well, I'm one of them. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> naturally to me. Uh, when I was a teenager, when I was young, I, I had a pretty traumatic childhood. Uh, when I was in my teenage years, I remember I had this traumatic moment in my life when I was about 15 years old. I I was uh, with some family members at a at a hotel. And there was a full-length mirror there in one of the hallways. And I walked by the full-length mirror. I looked at my own face. I just stood, stood there staring at myself. And I looked at my face. This is the 15-year-old version of Dawson. And I said, that is the saddest face I've ever seen. I've never seen oh. a sad face in my life. Because I was just so miserable. I was so emotionally toxic that people avoided me. And uh, when I think back to how I was back then, if I'd been the me I am now, I would have avoided me. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was not an, a naturally happy person. And it's take, it took me, it took me a long time to even start to have something like a remotely happy life. I used to watch happy people because I knew a few of them. And I thought, they're just faking it. They don't really feel that way. No one would actually feel good about being here on this planet. It's impossible. I, I thought they were just like pretending. Now, of course, I'm known as a happy person. I've, I've shifted and I've changed completely. So we can change. And what you have to do to shift the needle is you have to practice. And the two things that I really, I have about 30 practices in the book that I recommend people try. So there's a chapter, there's seven chapters in Mind to Matter. And then after every chapter, there's a section called Extended Play. It's like homework. You can tell us what it means. But I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the first book since college that I've had homework at the end of every chapter. <laughs> There's homework there because I want you to practice this stuff. And so I give you videos. I give you links. I give you practice exercises to do. If you just get, buy the book, I also give you seven free meditations, one for each chapter, to accompany those. And those, those meditations are, are free. They're downloadable. You can put them on your smartphone, put them on your computer, listen to them. And the whole orientation here is to inspire people to practice these things. So I give you about 30 or so practices, but the two that I recommend most strongly, one is a meditation form called eco-meditation, ECO meditation. And I developed this about 10 years ago, and it is such, because I found meditation really hard, but this kind of meditation is physically based. You just do certain things with a certain muscle groups, breathe a certain way, count a certain rhythm, and suddenly you're, you're, you're really deep. And so I, I got an email last week, a woman who said, I have two kids, I'm burned out, I'm stressed, I've tried to meditate, I just haven't been able to meditate. And I sat down to do your eco-meditation, and in my mind I thought, Tony, you've tried this a million times before, it's never worked, you're going to fail now. She said that as I began to just follow the seven simple steps you gave me and do the exercises, suddenly I dropped into my heart, I felt bliss, my eyes filled with tears, and I was there. 
in that place I wanted to be in for so long. She said this is this beautiful account of her experiences. But then she said the really important thing for me, which was, and I'm going to do eco meditation every day from now on. And that's what I want to hear. People will be inspired by the science, be inspired by the stories, but then do those practices. So meditation is one. And the other one is EFT, emotional freedom techniques, tapping, which is tapping through your fingertips on acupuncture points. And that is tremendously potent at relieving stress. I have a lot of research on that in the book. But again, I want people to just try EFT and then they'll feel the way they shift as, as their body changes. Once you figure out, oh my gosh, I really am responsible for how I feel based on how I'm reacting to things. And now we get into that space where when I have a negative thought, it's like, oh my gosh, what did I just do to myself? How do I get out of this negative thinking? So what does it do to us when we start, you know, we all get into those places where we have the thoughts that make us really glad no one can read our minds. So what do we do with that? Get out of it as quickly as possible because it's doing enormous damage to your body. If you look at the, I've done a lot of research on several randomized controlled trials on the stress hormone cortisol. So if you just look me up on a medical reference guide like the US government website PubMed, you'll see some of my research and I've done pioneering research into cortisol. And Paula, when you think that negative thought, if I have you hooked up to an EEG or an MRI, we see as you think that thought, your cortisol level rises, your adrenaline level rises. And over time, high cortisol produces damage to the body. So you're, you're, you're okay if you, you know, if you get scared by a barking dog and you have a spike in cortisol or adrenaline, no problem. It goes down to normal quickly. But if you think about the barking dog, if you think about people who've wronged you over and over and over again, if you think about, like right now, people are so fixated on what's happening in the political arena. I was, I had a young woman from Turkey in, in my last live workshop, because I teach live workshops all over the world. And I had a young woman from Turkey and she was just totally devastated by the election result in Turkey. And what she can't see is if she thinks about that and, and catastrophizes about that repeatedly, her cortisol levels rise. Now that, again, is okay if it's the barking dog. If you're worried about the election and the president and the corporations and environmental pollution and any one of the other global ills and, and or bad things in your past or bad things in your, in your present or worries about your future, then you're driving your cortisol level up high repeatedly. And I call that caveman brain. You're acting as if you're a caveman in a world full of threats when most of the threats are in your mind. So in the book, in Mind to Matter, I call that caveman brain. And caveman brain does truly terrible things to your body. And here's a partial list. One is it produces a reduction in bone density. In other words, like osteoporosis, your bone density volume going down. You have less dense and more brittle bones. Two, you have a reduction in muscle mass. Your lean muscle mass in your body diminishes if you have lots of cortisol. Three, your skin. You have a loss of skin elasticity. In other words, you get wrinkles and you get more wrinkles and you get wrinkles quicker, much quicker. It causes skin wrinkling. It causes loss of brain volume in the parts of the brain that handle memory and learning. It affects cognition. The parts of the brain that handle executive functioning shrink. It causes a loss of a cru crucial molecule called telomerase, which is responsible for longevity. It causes a reduction in stem cells, which are responsible for wound repair and rejuvenation. It causes loss of the 
critical cell repair hormone, DHEA. And that's, I've given you like eight things there. There are like 80 bad things that happen. And those are all not, it's like none of those are things you're going to say, that's the one I want. <laughs> <laughs> not a single one. No. All of that produced by negative thinking. Well, and so what's going on with us right now? Because it seems like every interview I'm doing right now, this kind of comes up because we're at a heightened stress response where there's a lot of negativity coming at us and we're absorbing it. So knowing what it's doing to us and then also knowing that changing our energy can change our state, what is it that we're supposed to do with everything that's going on around us right now? It's like a channel you tune into. And when I uh, pick a music station to listen to, I'll pick something like light Hawaiian music or soft guitar music or inspiring piano music, something like that. I, I read The Economist a magazine, news magazine, once a week. It takes me about two hours to do that. I'm then totally caught up on all the important stuff going on in the world. And then I ignore it. The other, you know, how many other, <laughs> other minutes there are, I just don't tune in because that won't make me happy. What will make me happy is tuning into, and again, I have a lot in the book on non-local mind, and this whole new science that's, that's come out in the last 20 years of emergence. And emergence is these huge global fields and the way that processes like flocks of birds and schools of fish, nature and spring and the, and the seasons, all of these are governed in these emerging, emergence is the, is the emergence of order out of complex natural systems. And we're like that. When we are one with non-local mind, when we're one with those emergent processes, we're living synchronously. And synchronicities just happen all over the place. When I began writing the book, Mind to Matter, I thought the chapter on synchronicity would be really short and just have stories. But now it's a long chapter with tons of science because there is so much science showing that if you ally yourself with those emergent cycles, you live a synchronous life. So what you want to do is not addict yourself to the news, to negative input, inputs, negative movies, negative music, negative people. If you have negative people in your life, honestly, it's worth just letting go of them, even if they're your best friend. Don't hang out with people who bring you down. Hang out with people who bring you up. If you have negative thoughts in your own head, tap them away, meditate them away, release them, don't let them bring you down. And now you're changing the channel over and over and over again. Suddenly you become where your life is full of beauty and sweetness and delight and magnificence. And you're tuned to that channel. I feel like this book is such a gift because you give us a, a really rare snapshot into the potential that we have in our own minds and really bring together how all the mindfulness and all the positive psychology practices come to rest inside of us and, and have a physical effect on us. They do, absolutely. And you can feel that effect. And I talk a lot in the book about brainwave entrainment and about EEGs and what brainwaves do and what brainwaves are. And you don't need an EEG or an MRI to tell when the stuff's working. When you meditate, when you tap, when you do the other 30 practices in the book, just subjectively, when you feel good, you're shifting your level of neurotransmitters like dopamine, like serotonin, like GABA, like acetylcholine, like anandamide, you're shifting your stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol, you're, you're turning on beneficial hormones like DHEA, and that feel-good feeling you get when you do what that lady Tony did with her two kids who was burned out, who sat down and then suddenly she was in bliss with tears coming out, out of her eyes, when you do that, that feel-good feeling means your neurotransmitters are in balance. You're making telomeres. You're making stem cells. You're having balanced brain waves. All of these 
wonderful things are happening in your body and that subjective feeling of well-being is your personal EEG, MRI, gene chip, all those things are, you can't measure them, but they're all happening inside of you when you acquire these states. That was Dawson Church giving us plenty to think about today. Be sure to visit us at livehappynow.com to get a free download of the first chapter of Dawson's latest book, Mind to Matter. And if you like what you've heard here today and want to hear more, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Search for Live Happy Now and subscribe today so you will never miss an episode. That is all we have time for today, so please join us back here again next week. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm-hmm.